I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. And I'll keep this world from dragging me down. I'm going to stand my ground. And I won't back down. In the midst of all of the chaos and turmoil and the, or just the busyness of life, in the midst of everything that goes on, this is a claim of faith that I'm not going to back down. And as we were preparing for this uh, sermon series and kind of discussing the different topics and different songs we were going to do, we were throwing around different ideas. And this uh, scripture was the one that we had set for today. And uh, we, we talked about this song, and I was like, well, yeah, I could probably make that one work. Well, we, we could probably make, make that fit. And then as I did more research and did more study, I found out something that makes this song a perfect fit for this scripture. And it's the word devoted in this passage. It says that the early church, these early Christians, after the encounter with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, were sent forth into the world and they began to grow as a group. And, and this, this, uh, this passage that we read today really paints kind of this idyllic, u- utopian picture of the early church. And it says that they were together, they had everything in com- common, and they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. To the teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And what I found out was that that word devoted in Greek is proskartereo. Say that five times fast. And it actually has several other meanings besides being devoted. Of course, uh, devoted is, is the first meaning, to be devoted to. It can also mean to be steadfastly attentive to or to give unremitting care to a thing, to continue all the time in a place. And then this is the best one, to persevere and to not faint. I won't back down. To persevere and not faint in the face of changing times, in the face of changing culture, the early church was, was born into this milieu of different factions within Judaism that were competing for power. They were, it was also born during this time of up, upheaval in Israel's history, when Rome had just come in and uh, destroyed the temple in the year 70 A.D., And there were all these different things going on, not to mention they weren't quite sure how people who weren't Jews fit into the equation. How did Gentile people fit into all of this stuff in following Jesus? Did they need to really be Jewish first in order to follow Jesus? Or was this a completely new thing that God was doing? And so there were kind of all these shifting tectonic plates and there was all of this kind of just uneasiness and unknowing going on, but the people devoted themselves to the teaching, 
to the breaking of bread that we often do here, that we continue to this day, and to the prayers. They steadfastly were attentive to them. They gave unremitting care to their faith. And they persevered and would not faint even in the face of persecution. They would not back down. There is a now famous, I I think, most of you probably know this story, father and son duo. And their names are uh, Dick and Rick Hoyt. And they are affectionately known as Team Hoyt. And when Dick was about 40 years old and his son Rick was about 20 or so, maybe a little younger, his son Rick found out from uh, that one of his friends at college had been paralyzed in a car accident and was not going to be able to walk again. And Rick really wanted to do something for his friend. He wanted to try and help him and to help him see that being paralyzed does not mean it's the end of his life. And the reason that he had such a connection with him on this front was because he too could not walk. In fact, Rick had cerebral palsy. And when Rick was born, the doctors told his parents, you know what, Rick is, he's going to be a vegetable the rest of his life. You just need to put him in an institution and, and forget about it. But his parents would not do that. And they took him camping and they took him skiing and they went to the beach with him. They tried to give him as normal a childhood as possible. And he graduated from high school and he went to college and eventually graduated from college But this moment in time, when he learned of his friend who was paralyzed, was especially important. Because he said, I want to run for my friend and show him that life does not end when you're paralyzed. And so Dick, Rick's father, looked around and found a 5K that they could enter. And they built this kind of uh, wheelchair box running mechanism that they could do. And he began, he pushed him in that first race. And they finished next to last, he said, but not last. (laughs) And that began one of the most famous duo team racers probably we've ever seen. And since that point... They've run in almost 1,100 races. In several triathlons. And even Ironman triathlons. And you might be very familiar with with him. That Dick was the one who would always push his son, Rick, in the running wheelchair in those triathlons and pull him in the little kayak as he swam and would put put him in the double-seater bike when he would cycle. 
and he pushed and pushed and he persevered and he would not faint. And, and what I thought about as I was thinking about this story was that you don't just show up and do an Ironman triathlon with your grown son and push him along and just, it doesn't just happen. You have to train and train and train and it takes day in and day out preparation and dedication. It takes perseverance. It takes steadfast attentiveness. It takes unremitting care. It takes devotion to your son and to your craft to be able to show up and do a 70-mile course. And I think that is the perfect analogy for what it means to be a Christian. And for how those early Christians set the example for us for what it means to continue to follow Jesus day in and day out. It's not something you can just show up for on Sundays and expect it all to fall in place. It takes a Monday through Friday and Saturday even too. (laughs) Every day, devotion, steadfast attentiveness, perseverance, a spirit that won't back down from your faith. that won't back down in the face of changing times in our world, in shifting tectonic plates in our world, in the changing sands that we are experiencing. And to do that, we need each other. It says they would gather in each other's homes and break bread together, and it actually said they would, they would partake together of a of sacred meal. They were in this together. They were a team. It took both of them. And Dick said that often people would say, why, why are you doing this? You're just trying to get all the glory for yourself. You're, why are you dragging your son to all these races? And Dick said, actually, it's the other way around. My son Rick is the one dragging me to all these races. Because he said, Dad, when I'm running, I don't feel like I am paralyzed anymore. I feel free. It takes the team to make it happen. Caden's school has this saying. uh, All year long they've been saying it. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. And I think that's true. The dream that God's reconciliation with the world is possible, it takes us in this together. And so I want to talk just for a moment this morning about these covenant groups that are going to be starting in the fall. Because part of what it means to be common ground, part of what it means to come together and worship, also means that we are in this faith journey, this race together. And as these covenant groups get started in August, and we're going to be meeting after church if you want to learn more, 
I, I hope you will see them as an opportunity to help you be part of a team that will help you in this day-in, day-out task of following Jesus. And what's great about this, and I'm going to play the video that we played last week in case you missed it, but what's great about these covenant groups is it does not, it is, does not feel like work. And when I, I was part of this group for the last year, and one of the other per- people in this uh, video mentions this as well, when, when we would meet on a weekly basis and we would talk about how God and the Holy Spirit are working in our lives, and I was able to see over time my relationship with God grow. And I would miss those times that we would meet together because they encouraged me to keep going and to keep striving and to persevere and to not faint, to be steadfastly attentive to the Spirit in my life, to be devoted to God. It's a qualitatively different thing than just being part of a a book study or something like that. It is truly a means of equipping us to grow in our faith and to deepen our spirituality. And so I hope as this video plays, you'll look for the ways in which maybe God might be calling you to be steadfastly attentive, to persevere and to not faint, and to be devoted. So would you go ahead and please play the video? In a covenant group, what you do is you meet on a weekly basis for about an hour at a time and you check in with each other to see how the Holy Spirit has been leading you in acts of worship, acts of devotion, acts of compassion, and acts of justice. It is a group of encouragement and support for a group of people who meet on a regular basis. We're not in the same age in life or stage in life, but we have a like mind that we want to grow our spirituality and grow closer in our walk with Christ and our relationship with other people. When John Wesley started the Methodist movement, he started it based on groups just like this. And it was always meant to be a movement and not just a denomination or an institution. And so I think really to recapture and to feel like you are being part of a movement where we are truly in this together and trying to make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of those around us, these covenant groups can really help you focus on doing that and feeling like you are part of something bigger than yourself. A small group might follow a specific study or a specific um, uh, curriculum or something like that, Uh, whereas this is really trying to help you focus on your daily spiritual walk, on your spiritual journey. I feel like I've learned more about the face of Christ through that process than maybe head knowledge, maybe it's more heart knowledge, spirit knowledge, whatever you want to call it, but it's a deeper um, personal relationship. This is a great group, and um, when I'm not in this group, if either part of the group is not available or I can't be, there is a hole in my week, and there is a big chunk missing. Our covenant group has helped me to stay focused on just the day in, day out of following Jesus. I think it's sharpened my spiritual eyesight, so to speak. It reminds us that there's 
always something to do to further the kingdom. And we get so busy in our everyday life, we forget. And I've been more cognizant this year about slowing down and looking in the faces of the people that I see, looking for the Christ in that person, which is there. I feel like my life has really been transformed. I am in a much better place spiritually um, than I was when we began this. I think if you want to go to the next step with your faith, if you want to um, experience real growth and real change in your relationship with the Lord and with others, that a covenant group would be the thing, the logical next step. You should be part of a covenant group because it will deepen your spiritual life. I truly believe that. So, if you want to be part of the uh, lunch after this, you are welcome to, to stay. Uh, we've got some extra box lunches there for, uh, for those who want to stay. If you're interested, we'll be meeting in Asbury Hall. And if this isn't uh, something that, that you feel like you're wanting to be a part of, that's fine. Um, I would definitely encourage it for especially us in Common Ground. But either way, we need to have people around us that we can come together with on a regular basis that can support and encourage us in this journey. That can be part of our team as we together follow Christ to not back down from all of the chaos that we see around us. Because without that, I think it really is tough. It is really tough out there. And we need each other. We need each other. So I hope that you will, you will find that uh, either, either through this or, or with those around you.